Before we begin our Torah study this evening, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kidshanu B'mitzvatav V'tzivanu La'asok B'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. This week's Torah portion is one of my favorites because it contains a reference to an important but obscure concept that describes how God often works. The concept is expressed through a form of the Hebrew word hafach, but my favorite form of the word in Hebrew is hafuch. Sandy and I learned that form of the word years ago when we were in Israel and we were trying to order a cappuccino at a cafe in Jerusalem. In Israel, it turns out, you order cafe hafuch, cafe, means coffee, and hafuch means upside down. So it's upside down coffee. That's what cappuccino is, cafe hafuch. And it turns out that hafuch, upside down, is also used to describe how the Lord often works. He turns things upside down. That idea, hafuch, upside down or flipped or overturned, is expressed in one of the passages in this week's Torah portion. And so let's join in our reading by going to Deuteronomy chapter 23. We'll look at verses three through five in the English. The Hebrew is numbered a little differently, four through six. So here's how it reads. No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the congregation of the Lord, nor may any of their descendants down to the 10th generation ever enter the congregation of Adonai because, because they did not supply you with food and water when you were on the road after leaving Egypt and because, see, there's a second reason, and because they hired Balaam. Bilam, son of Baor from Pator in Aram Naharayim, to put a curse on you. But Adonai your God would not listen to Balaam. Rather, Adonai your God turned the curse into a blessing for you. He turned, Yafoch is the form of the word. He turned the blessing. He turned what was a curse into a blessing for you. Why? Because Adonai, your God, loved you. You see, the Lord overturned the curse. He turned the curse upside down. He flipped that curse and it became a blessing. And I love this idea that God can overturn or flip things. Something that is meant for evil can be overturned. It's like spiritual judo, I guess. Evil plans can be flipped. And God can take even difficulty, adversity, bleak situations, even calamity, and bring good out of it. And not only that, God can work in ways that are absolutely unthinkable, unimaginable, impossible, or or unpopular. He can take a barren couple, Abraham and Sarah, long past the age of childbirth and the prime of life, and he can use them to bring forth a covenant son, Isaac, and a covenant tribe, Israel. The Lord can take a nation that is persecuted and enslaved in Egypt, and he can use them to show his might and his power to set free. He can take a sick person 
or a blind person or a person with no sense of hope or future, and he can turn everything upside down. And that actually turns everything right side up. And he can bring glory to himself and joy to all who are serving him. And this is contained in a familiar, it's not a biblical statement, but it's familiar. The Lord works in mysterious ways. He does work in surprising ways often. He uses the weak to reveal his strength. He uses the few to show his great power. Joseph saw this. He said to his brothers, you sold me into slavery. What you meant for evil, God turned into a great deliverance. God overturned it. It was evil that you did, but God got his hands on it and he overturned it and it became a great deliverance. The coming of Yeshua, God taking on human form, God cloaking himself in a human body, the God of the universe, the God who created all that we see and all that is, he took on a human body. That's hafuch also. It's not what people expected. It's not what people imagined. It was upside down, topsy-turvy, you could say. The suffering of Messiah, the death, the burial, the resurrection. It's another example of hafuch. God turned all the evil intentions and evil plans upside down. He flipped them. And through the resurrection, God overturned and defeated the power of sin and death. He took on death and sin so that we could be redeemed from both of them. And when we have spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear, then our hearts become able to understand and we are changed. That's what repentance is all about. It's a change of thinking, perspective, and direction. Whatever your situation may be, I want you to know this. God can turn it upside down if that's what's necessary to turn it right side up. He causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The prophet Isaiah put it this way in Isaiah 54 verse 1, Sing, barren woman who has never had a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy, you who have never been in labor. For the deserted wife will have more children than the woman who is living with her husband, says Adonai. Enlarge the space for your tent. Extend the curtains of your dwelling. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Make your tent pegs firm. For you will spread out to the right and the left. Your descendants will possess the nations and inhabit the desolated cities. Don't be afraid, for you won't be ashamed. Don't be discouraged. You won't be disgraced. This Shabbat's Haftorah continues with a verse that I think speaks about the goodness of the Lord, no matter what the circumstances are. Isaiah 54 verse 10, for the mountains may move and the hills be removed, but my unfailing love will never leave you, says the Lord. And the covenant of my peace 
will not be removed, says Adonai, who has compassion on you. Three things worth focusing on here that have to do with God in his nature, his character and his very being, and the things that you may wonder about when everything is unsettled, when mountains are moving and hills are being removed, when there's instability. These are three things that you can count on. Number one, God's unfailing love, his chesed, his covenant mercy will not leave us. It will not fail. His unfailing love and mercy will not depart from us. The covenant of my peace is the second thing. The Lord's covenant of peace, many English translations say, my covenant of peace, but the Hebrew puts it slightly different, the covenant of my peace. You see, it's the Lord's peace that will not be removed. It's the covenant that the Lord made using his shalom, not our shalom. It's not the shalom that the world gives. It's not the shalom that you and I have. It's the shalom that God has. That is the basis of his covenant. It will not be removed. And then the third thing, it's what the Lord says. It's that he has compassion on you. He has compassion. It's not just a feeling. Compassion is also an expression of mercy and love and care that takes action and causes things to be different. Compassion acts on behalf of those it's serving. So let it be that our God, the great God of mercy and compassion, turns our impossible situations into blessings. He can do it and he can fix what you and I can't imagine because he is a God who overturns what was meant for evil and can even bring blessing when people are trying to curse or do us harm. Back in 2009, when we read this week's Torah portion, I gave a message entitled, Take a Shovel With You. And this week I listened to that message again and it encouraged me and it, it had some insights in it that are very useful about why God is concerned about mundane things like sanitation. You see, it's a powerful commitment that God wants us to share in, that, that we would go outside the camp, if you will, and we would dig holes, and that's where we would do our business, and then we'd cover it up so that neither he nor any of us would walk in it. it I'm using some vagaries here, but you'll get what it means if you listen to this message, take a shovel with you. This week I listened to that message again. It encouraged me and I think it will encourage you too. So I posted it on Facebook so that you could listen and I hope you do. You'll find it on our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Facebook page and on our Messianic Jewish Teachings Facebook page as well. I want to encourage you to use this month of Elul to face an important issue that we can be forgiven. And that, in fact, is the whole point of the Lord coming down, becoming Messiah and Redeemer, dying for us 
and rising from the dead. There is a chasm that separates us from the Lord, but the good news is this, that chasm has been bridged and we need to muster the courage to cross the bridge. It takes courage, as every Jewish man or woman knows, to open your heart to Yeshua, Adonai and Messiah, Lord and Savior. It takes courage and it takes faith. And it reminds me of an experience that I had years ago when we lived in Rochester, New York, and a group of men uh, went together uh, from our congregation. We went down to Letchworth Park for a hike through the woods. We went into the beautiful canyon there and, and we crossed the river at Letchworth. And we were hiking for a, a long time. And when it was time to go back, we were faced with two choices. We could go back the way we had come, but that would take hours and nobody wanted to go that way or we could cross the river where we were. But here was the problem, at least it was a problem for me. The only way across the river at that point was over a high railroad bridge. And it was a problem for me. First of all, I don't really like heights. Some of you are perfectly fine with heights. Those of you that skydive, those of you that do hang gliders, those of you that do roofing even, you, you may be fine with heights, but I don't really like heights. And this bridge was 24 stories above the Genesee River. Now, the second problem for me was this. It was a railroad bridge, so a train could come while we're crossing the bridge. And, and I was looking up some details about this and uh, just to refresh my memory, because it was a while ago. But this is what, what I found. I'll, I'll read you some of my notes. Walking out on the bridge from either side is technically illegal. And there are signs posted to that effect. However, the police usually don't bother people about it unless somebody complains. But a train could come at any time. The train conductor would blow their horn long before they got there. So you have plenty of warning and there's a permanent 10 mile an hour speed restriction on the bridge. But this was the only way. And so I looked at that bridge and I understood if a train came, I don't know what I would do. And if a train came, there was enough space to stand next to the railroad tracks far enough away from where the train itself would be that you wouldn't get run over by the train, but it would be in your face and it would be passing by only at 10 miles an hour granted. But I got to tell you from me, um, it was a frightful proposition, but it was the only way. And I don't think among this group of men, anyone felt as nervous as I did. I don't think anyone felt as fearful as I did, but I decided to do it. And despite my discomfort, I got across. I was sweating, I was nervous, but I got across. And you know what? It's much the same when we face the spiritual chasm between us and God and we see how big it is. Now, if you were wondering, I got across and not long after that, a train did come. And so I was just, I was so thankful that I didn't wait any longer and that I faced my fear and I did what was honestly for me, terrifying, 
but I did it when I needed to do it, and I did it in time. It's much the, sh the same, I think, when we face the spiritual chasm that's between us and God, and we see just how big it is. It's, it's much the same when we realize there's only one way across that chasm, and it's the way the Lord has provided himself through Yeshua, our Messiah. There is a way across the chasm, the gorge, the canyon. It is fearful. But on the other side, we have shalom, we have peace, and we have rest. Gesher, that's the word for bridge. And Rabbi Nachman said this, life is a narrow bridge. He said the whole entire world is a very narrow bridge. And the main thing is to have no fear at all. Kol ha'alam kulo gesher tzama'od. We can cross the chasm that separates us from God. It takes faith, it takes courage, it takes honesty, and it takes repentance. Today is a good day to make the decision to turn to the Lord and to thank him for Yeshua, your Messiah and Redeemer. Today is a good day also to share good news with someone else who needs the Lord. These are days where we can be honest with the Lord and we can also be honest with other people and share the good news with the Lord. One of my wife's spiritual disciplines is to read and journal the scriptures each day. And her spiritual disciplines include reading a chapter from Proverbs according to the day of the month. So for Sandy today, Proverbs 9 was the chapter she was reading, and, and there was a short passage that stood out. And I want to just read it to you because I think it will encourage you. It's Proverbs 9, verses 10 and 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied and years of life will be added to you. What a great scripture. There may be times when the world seems upside down, evil plans seem to be getting the best of you, but God can overturn. He can turn things upside down and make them right side up. He can take something that was meant for evil or meant to be a curse and was evil itself, but he can get a hold of it and the effects it has, and he can turn it into a blessing. God can take the things that threaten your days and your sense of well-being. He can overturn them. The fear of the Lord is a key to that. Let's not be afraid of the chasm. Let's not be afraid of circumstances. Let's have another kind of fear that puts things right. It's the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. And by the Lord who we trust, the Lord of mercy and compassion, the great God of Israel, he can add days to our lives and give us blessing when all around us is circumstance of uncertainty and instability. Our God is an awesome God. Even if the mountains can be removed and the hills can be removed, even if the earth itself is shaking, God's unfailing love will not be removed. His covenant of his peace with us will not be removed. He is a God 
of compassion, who will act with compassion for you and me. In a moment, we're going to be closing with Aaron's blessing and then a final worship song. But first, I want to ask you, would you consider standing with us financially if this live stream is a blessing to you? If our Messianic Jewish Teachings podcast is a blessing? If our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Sanctuary Services or any of our ministries are a blessing to you, would you consider blessing our ministry? All the information can be found on our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving. Let's close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ye'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasemlecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord guard and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and may the Lord be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his shalom. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen.